Hello and welcome to Tarot Bites. I'm Teresa Reed, the Tarot Lady. I'm the author of Tarot, No Questions Asked, Master in the Art of Intuitive Reading. I'm also your host for this podcast series. This is episode 223 of Tarot Bites, the podcast where I dish out short, entertaining, bite-sized lessons on how to read tarot. And for today's episode, our topic is the art of interviewing authors and tarot deck creators. And my special guest is Chris Onorail. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Teresa. Thank you for having me. Well, I am very delighted to interview you about interviewing because I think it's a great topic. And I mean, you host a bunch of Instagram shows, including Show Us Your Deck. Uh, we're booked <laughs> and let's talk about it. So you've got a lot going on with these, these shows that you're hosting over there. And by the way, you do an amazing, amazing job of interviewing folks. Uh, you're always so enjoyable to listen to. And I've Thank been you. able to... Uh, participate in some of your shows, and I love watching you interact with your guests. So, of course, the first thing I want to ask you is what inspired you to start these series? So I think I've always been, uh, and by the way, uh, Feelings Mutual, I love having you on, and, um, and, and I'm so excited to be part of the podcast today. Um, I feel like I've always been a very curious person, you know, um, and I, ever since, uh, I always tell this story about in the 90s, you know, where there was no social media, you know, you had to write to an author, like, you know, in a piece of paper and mail it out, you know, and send, and send a self-addressed temp envelope and then have them write you back, you know. Um, and I remember those times and, and reading and asking an author, why did you write this or what, what was this about? You know, what does this mean? Right. Um, and I think I've always been that, that why person you know a person that asks why and i think that's part of the inspiration for it i also feel like in our um community there's a lot of people that do reviews and stuff like that but um it turns into something like very critical or almost negative for a lot of people and i think uh my point was really getting to know the person be behind the project whether it is a book or a deck or a topic like an astrologer etc you know well, I love that because you're right. You know, oftentimes when people do reviews, you know, there's there's the the critique. And while sometimes reviews can be helpful, we have to remember there's always a human behind what is being produced. There is a human behind that deck. There is a human behind the book. And I think that, you know, getting to know the people behind them and their why and why did they write this book? Why did they create this deck? I find that stuff fascinating as well. And it might be because, you know, you're a Virgo and I'm a Gemini, we're Mercury ruled. Mercury <laughs> yes. ruled people, we're curious people. We want to know how things work. We want to know how people tick. We're interested in all of that. So I can totally relate. It's it's funny that you say that because when I was a kid, I my parents got uh, a, a new um, sofa and I and I opened it. Like I took on uh, something and I scratched it open to see what was inside. And that was my, that was my excuse. Cause they thought I did it, you know, as a prank or whatever. I was like, no, I just literally curious what it had inside, you know, what was inside of it. So. That's so funny. I had one of these Fisher price balls. It's a chime ball. And I mean, I don't even know if they make them anymore, but it's this little round ball. And the top was like see-through plastic and they had like little rocking horses and you'd like shake it and make like some jingly music. And what was I doing? I was trying to smash it with a hammer <laughs> yeah. to get those little things out. And so I, I, 
I, uh, same way. I, I wanted to smash yeah. it. I wanted to get to the bottom <laughs> of it. That's so funny. Yes. So when you're thinking about doing an interview, what is your advice about choosing guests? I mean, what do you do when you're thinking about, hmm, I want so-and-so? So I think, uh, first of all, my uh, it's why do I want to interview this person, right? So have I been exposed to their work and in some way or form? Have I heard a lot of fuss about it? And um, and I haven't read anything yet or seen it, you know. And I and I go and I check it out. And I was like, oh my god, yes, this is amazing. I want to talk about it. Um, and also, what is it about this person that I want, you know, that I want to know about, right? What do I want to explore about this person? Does this seem like someone I would have a conversation in a regular, normal setting, not as an interviewer, right? But like in a normal, like conversation in a coffee shop or whatever, while we're waiting for our coffee, you know? I think that's a really good advice because, you know, obviously, again, you're asking the big why. Why do I want to talk to this person? And that, again, is also really about exploring your curiosity, getting curious about the person behind the deck, the person behind the book. And I, I love that. So how do you reach out to potential guests? I mean, what is your process for getting it lined up? What advice would you give somebody who's thinking about doing one of these shows? How do they get in touch with, in touch with people? So I think um, there's a couple of things that I find useful myself. Um, I can be very techy in certain things, but I'm not in others. So I, my process is kind of rudimentary <laughs> at, at times, but I do reach personally to the, you know, to the author or creator, um, either through a DM or if they have a publisher, I'll reach uh, them out through the publisher. Um, and I introduce myself, right. And I explain what the space is about, whether it is an Instagram live or, a, you know, any other project, right. Cause we're talking about advice. If it's a podcast or whatever um you have to let them know why you want to interview them right is it a new project that they have out is it something that you believe in it's you know and and that you really want to talk about it and you don't feel like people are talking about it um and then explain because you have to see if the person is the right fit for the interview right and i think uh, we have to think about it in a way of when we are interviewing for a job right or if you were interviewing something somebody to work for you right like it's just the right fit for the show that i'm doing right um that's why i have different shows because shows your deck is only for deck creators right right i have we're booked for for authors you know and let's talk about it it's for everything in between because um they don't necessarily fit in the other descriptions right so those are my main uh things also i would say research your guest you know ask once you confirm that they are interested research about them right find out what else have they done right maybe you're just familiar with that one book but then they've written 10 books right and you want to make sure that you know not that you have had to have read all those 10 books but you know what their body of work looks like right so you can reference it also what their preparation is what their background is you know um uh, what their experience is because you want to reference those things throughout the interview as follow-up questions as something that you ad lib to to the interview you know and what i personally find helpful is i send them question prompts and the reason why i send them question prompts is a lot of people are rate are, are 
great writing or creating, but then going on a face-to-face, they get nervous, right? Like you're talking to someone and you don't know this person, right? So the question prompts really prepares them to what the interview is going to be about loosely, right? And then also it relaxes them in order for, you know, for them to be more open, more receptive to what we're going to be talking about. It's so interesting that you do that because I don't. Uh, I I, I don't uh, because I just like to see where the conversation goes. And so I have like questions, like a a loose little like questions that I might ask somebody if I'm going to be interviewing them on an Instagram live or a podcast, but they're very, very loose. And oftentimes I go completely off script. Uh, That's why I don't really have those types of things. And I do know that does make some people uncomfortable because what are we going to talk about? So I like the fact that you prepare. Uh, does it ever though go off into a completely different direction despite the prompts? Yeah. Yes. So um, so one of the, one of the things I try to do is with the question prompts, um, it helps them be kind of like aware of what the conversation might sound like. But like say for example. Uh, we're talking about someone, something and someone answers in a very short way, right? So that already caught out maybe 10 minutes of my time, right? And depending on, on the time of the length of time of the interview, which I usually do for an hour, maybe half an hour if, if it's something short um, or like a second time guest, which we're just talking about as uh, another project that they just came out with, um, then I have to... Um, I have to be able to reel it back in, you know, to the, to what the conversation is about. So sometimes I'll ask a question and then the person either misunderstands what I asked them or um, they are thinking about something completely different. Right. And they start going off on a tangent and I have to really bring it back to the question, whether I, I let them talk. Right. But then I, um, I, I reel it back in through answering the same question, uh, I mean, asking the same question again, or maybe rephrasing the question, right? One of the questions I ask is what books or, you know, or decks were in major influences, right? And sometimes people give like a very direct answer. And sometimes they go and they like, well, when I was this age and whatever, you know, and they'll make up story not, not make up a story, but they'll tell the story. Um, and then I have to bring it back in because it can go into many other different directions, right? So I think we, ha- we as an interviewer have to be aware when to interject, not interrupt, because I think that's another key uh, component is not interrupting your guests while they're talking because um, it cuts the communication flow, right? Mm-hmm. And also, um, the interview is about them, not you, you know, uh, and uh, one of my biggest pet peeves since I was a kid and I used to watch a lot of talk shows and, and all these people are famous interviewers. Um, one of the things uh, that's a uh, pet peeve is when someone's talking about something and then they get cut off mid-sentence, you know, and then they give people like five minutes out of a whole hour show, five minutes to talk, and then they have to rush, you know, the conversation. Someone's trying to be funny or someone's trying to, and to me, that's kind of like, a disservice because I'm taking my it's my show so I'll be there again tomorrow and the day after tomorrow or whatever whenever I want to do the show but this person this might be your only chance to get this person to share their experience with you so you have to be active listening and taking a uh you know you're on the backseat you're not (laughs) you're not you're not necessarily the 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 main uh person 
So, okay, well, what about this, though? What do you do if you have a guest that isn't talkative? I mean, obviously, you give people the space to talk, the freedom to talk, but what if they don't want to talk? And what if they give you monosyllable answers? How do you keep the conversation flowing, and how do you keep it interesting? Yes, so I think um, that's when I will give a personal anecdote about something. So let's say, for example they give me a short answer for uh what's your you know what was your first book and then they just say mary kate greer you know and that's it you know then i go and and say oh i remember when i got that first book uh you know and my first book was this and i can compare it to that book because of this and you know it's really you have to train yourself because it really requires training to um improvise too right to ad lib and add to the conversation and kind of like go a little bit deeper. Sometimes people uh, are just nervous and you have to really go in and say like, oh, what, what do you think about this book? Have you ever read this book? You know, so open in the questions, right? If you ask questions that can only be answered through yes or no, that's the type of answer that you're going to get. That is amazing advice. Really good advice. And you mentioned that about people interrupting, like that disrupts the flow. Which, by the way, I grew up in a household where everybody interrupts. It's a very loud, extroverted household. <laughs> so I never like get totally thrown when people do interrupt just because that's the household I grew up in. But what if you are doing a show and you've got more than one guest? Now, how do you ensure that everybody does get a chance to speak and one person isn't monopolizing or, or interrupting constantly? What do you do in that case? So I usually beforehand, I will, if it's two guests, then beforehand, I will talk to them and say like, okay, so I'll probably like pinpoint, but going with the flow and I, maybe I haven't spoken to them. Like, for example, you were uh, with Katie, right? Like um, the create the both yeah. creators of the Tower for Kids, um, you were both on the show and, you know, the flow was very nice and organic because I would ask you a question as an author, right? And I would ask her a question as a creator, right? As, a, as someone who was an artist, right? So you have to really, I send question prompts that are pretty much basic for everybody. But if I know someone's experience is with writing more than it is with the artwork, then my questions for them are going to be more invested in the writing aspect of it. Whereas someone that's just an artist and they might have written a booklet with their art, but really it's about their art. I will ask them questions about the cards. Why did you decide to include, you know, a light bulb here and not a star or whatever, you know? So I really try to be fair with the amount of time, but that's why you have to actively listen, right? Because some sometimes some people want to say so many things that they will take over the interview. Mm -hmm. That happens also when um, someone will want to take over, again, one guest will want to take over an interview, you know, and, ask, and then they'll start asking you questions. And then I have to go back to the next question. Okay, let me ask you this really kind of like pause for a moment and kind of let them know and be aware, right. That they are talking too much or they're not talking enough. And then you want to really get uh, the ball rolling, but you have to really pay attention to the pace. And also I always, you know, it seems very natural, but it has a lot of work, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes, you have to pay attention to the clock. You have to pay attention to, um, to if the person's listening to you. For me, one of the things that keeps me on track is not paying attention to the comments, right? And Instagram, it's very difficult. And you know this because you do this every single day. Um, you know, 
a lot of people saying hi, or they'll just comment something different, or they'll have a whole conversation between them. So I rarely, I say hi at the very beginning to everybody that's joining, right? And anybody that might be watching later, but I focus on the person and not on the comments, unless throughout the interview, I catch a question that's very relevant that I didn't think about. And I will say, well, this person is asking this, what do you say to that, etc. But mostly I'll just ask my questions and whatever comes out of that, you know? Well, that's so funny. You must be psychic because one of the things I was going to ask you <laughs> was how do you deal with unruly or distracting commenters in the chat section? And it sounds like for the most part, you just pretty much ignore it and, you know, don't, don't let it uh, slow your roll. Yeah. I don't like when, um, when people get too chatty on the, on the comments not because I don't appreciate their investment, but sometimes, again, it's the same thing with reviews. Like they'll get super opinionated and super mm-hmm. critical, right? And this person is my guest. They're reading probably also some of these comments, right? If, if the guest wants to read a comment and answer it, that's totally fine. But for the most part, I let them know ahead of time, I don't read comments because... I get distracted and I talk a lot. I really have to, the questions are also for me to keep track of myself. I talk a lot and I could be talking for hours about a topic, you know, but I don't want to be abusive of the time Mm -hmm. that this person is offering. Yeah. I I find that comments, you know, I like to say hello. And if there's an interesting question popping in too, I like to do that. But sometimes, you know, some people can be very unruly. They can be stirring up drama and that, makes it very hard to stay on topic and we don't want to be going and I'm a very natural distracted person anyways I'm a Gemini I got a monkey mind (laughs) so I have to be very careful that I don't watch them too much and I I always like to tell people when I'm doing an Instagram live I'm going to say a couple hellos but listen I gotta not be distracted and I'm not stuck up I just can't do this at the same time I don't think people realize unless you're actually doing one of these live shows I don't think they realize how distracting it is when there are a lot of people asking questions or saying hello or, you know, asking like, where did you get this or that? You know, I love the interaction because that's (laughs) my jam, but it really can become difficult to stay on track. Yes. And you have to, and I, I get, for me, I think you do such a great job at doing both. Um, I think you just have to know yourself as an interviewer and also as a as a person uh, when you're when uh, your public persona mm-hmm. is this who are you going to be able to track it? If you are, then just right. a- acknowledge and greet everybody. Let the people ask the questions. To me, I feel like I don't like when things look messy in the sense of uh, when it's an interview or a presentation or a class that I'm taking. Um, I want to have that sense of their structure. I, f- I like to feel that people feel that when they're watching an interview by me, they feel like they're watching something on TV, you know, because I really like TV a lot. Like I really like those type of interactions. And I really want to feel my guests that they are in the spotlight, you know. So I, my attention is on the guests. And then everything else is, uh, you know, not necessarily completely irrelevant, but not, in, uh, not on my first, uh, you know, attention. <laughs> Right. And I find too that, you know, when I'm doing Instagram lives with guests, my whole thing is we want to keep it focused on the guests, the guests, the guests. We want to have a good time. I find when I am working with a guest and not just doing my own thing, yammering, it's much easier for me to ignore those comments. Much easier. 
because yeah, you're paying attention to them. Yeah, you're paying attention to to what they're saying. And and this is another thing which I think a lot of people have written. And sorry, because uh, you just reminded me of that of something I wanted to say. I a lot of people think it's a formula, mm -hmm. you know, and inter in doing a making a uh, or doing a. a an effective interview is not a formula you know it's you really have to have that element of you you want to know about this person you want to know more about what they do you have invested the time in reading uh you know i get a review book or something and i have to read that within a couple of days because i have to know what i'm talking about you know turns out a lot of times i have already read it because you know it's something i i would get myself etc right but like when the when a publisher sends me something i have to take the time and read it and really familiarize myself with that pro uh, product in order to talk to the author right because it's it's not like i'm not a reporter you know i am i'm interviewing right so i'm not just saying well this is what this does and that's it so right on that is very very important i love to like read the book if i'm going to interview that person or go through the deck you know i do like to do live unboxings but if i'm interviewing the actual person behind it i want to know something about that book or that deck so here's another thing i have to ask you now you know there's plenty of podcasts out there there's plenty of people doing live streams. What is your advice about staying original and not copying other content creators or show or show hosts? How can you stay original and not become just a carbon copy of Chris on a rail? Yes, I think, um, and I laugh because there have been a couple of people and, and not just, especially now in the, in this camera era, right? Um, as we both know, but in general, actual real people that are, um, they get inspired by what you're doing, but then they don't know how to, uh, you know, translate that inspiration into something original. So they start li literally copying you, you know, I think um, you have to really find out your motives, you know, mm -hmm. you have to really sit down, explore what your motives are. Is somebody else doing, it's just like publishing a book or writing something, right? Like you have, when you're, when you're uh, filling out a book uh, proposal, you have to tell the publisher what books are out there that are similar to yours. What are you, what, why is yours different, right? So I would say those same questions, who are, who is interviewing people already? What do you like about those interviews? What don't you like? What, and what, what don't you like? And what are you bringing that's fresh? Mm -hmm. You know, if it's just the same, it's not really about, it's again, it's not a formula. It's not, it's not really about having 10 interview shows, right? There can be 10 interview shows, but you have to know my show is your deck is literally show me your deck, right? Like <laughs> show me what, what this is about. What was your inspiration, et cetera. That's it. You're, uh, we're booked. Let's talk about your book. Why, why is your book this way? Why did you write it? What was your inspiration? You know, and um, and then I get to know you as a person, um, as a as an as an aside and and a plus, right? But that's what it is about, right? So I think uh, people need to really know what their motives are. If if it's just to get famous, you know, or to get to know people, yeah, you can create a show and try to get to know people. Um, you know, to use the example, like Jim, uh, our friend, uh, Divine Hand Jim, right? Uh, James Divine, he has Meta Mystic, right? So his show is completely different than my show, right? 
And because his is about the person, only about the person and the, the questions he asks, et cetera. So, but if we were doing the same show, then what's the point of making something, right? It's already done. It's already been asked. So, Absolutely. One of the things that I like to advise people about, here's what I do when I'm writing a book. If I'm writing a book, if it's a tarot book, that means during that time, I'm not reading any tarot books. I want to, I want to make sure that I don't get like somebody else's voice in my head. Like as much as I love my tarot peers, but I don't want to sound like anybody but me. So I make a point not to really be soaking up that information. Maybe instead I'll be reading all kinds of really super boring books that have nothing to do with tarot, just to make sure that I'm staying centered on my voice, my content, the way I want to express something. And I think the same thing could be said about these shows Yes, get inspired by podcasts and shows and listen, but if you find that you're starting to sound like that person or starting to go over their format, maybe go on a diet, on a live stream diet or a podcast <laughs> diet or listen to things that have nothing to do with your topic. I think that is a way to make sure that you do not become, you know, a, a clone because who wants to be a clone? I agree. I think uh, there's, you know, and you have no idea about the amount of the amount of ideas that I've had in the past that just because they sound just a little bit too similar to something, I just decide not to do it because I don't want to, I might do a better job at it, you know, who knows, right? But it's about respect, especially we're creating a community that is about respect. There is space for everybody, but um everybody has to explore their own creativity and their own um, what's your niche, you know? Yes. What's your niche? And I think that's, that's uh, the niche. Uh, like you do this podcast and you've had, you know, this is 200 and something episode, you know? So you've had all these guests and spoken about different things and different topics. And I think that's brilliant, you know, and that's your thing, you know? So I'm not going to do a tarot bites uh, uh, by Onare or, you know, because why, you know, it's already been done, you know, and you've already had all these guests. So, so it's something different. And I think people need to really find out. I think it's like when something is trending or trendy, Yes. Uh, people, everybody wants to do the same thing. It's like haircuts or, or shoes or clothing. Um, and I think it's really finding your voice. I think I asked that question when I, when I talk to authors, I mm -hmm. always ask, how do you find your voice, your writing voice, right? Because as you said, like some writers are good readers. You have to be, in order to be yep. a good writer, you have, you have to read because there's no other way, right? Like that's really what inspires you to write also. Um, and but between all those voices you have to find your own voice and talk because you don't want to sound like you know joseph campbell or you don't want to sound like mary Kay Greer, or you don't you want to sound like Teresa. so same thing yep. when you're interviewing or doing anything like this well one thing that i find too like when we're talking like for example about tarot when you're writing a book for example if you are writing about the ace of pentacles we're probably all going to say similar things like ace of pentacles, a new job offer, a new financial opportunity. You're going to see those things that sound exactly alike. However, you may see that in, let's use Rachel Pollack as our example, and in my book, but it's going to come off very different because Rachel Pollack and I are two very, very different people. I love Rachel. Rachel's my idol and Mary Kay Greer. And Same. Rachel is <laughs> super intellectual, you know, very scholarly. And I'm more like, you know, I... I've got more of a just very down to earth. This is, here's the easy way to understand this stuff. This is what you need to know. You know, my daughter also says, I sound a little bit more, you know, uh, what does the word she use? 
uh, she had a funny word for it, but you know, it's just that <laughs> dad, I'm not going to come off as that type of person because that's not who I am. You know, I'm just me. Oh, punk rock. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> of course, you know, because I mean, what are the things that inspire me outside of tarot? It's, it's, you know, uh, music, blah, blah, blah. So it's going to sound very, very different than Mary Greer. And when you and I are interviewing people, you know, there's certain things you will ask questions in that and give people time to answer, but it's still going to come off as this is the way you do it. This is the way I do it. And our shows are different. And I think that that is very, very important. And I, I think also uh, to your point there, like sometimes I'll, I'll comment something and I, I notice that the person does not know about that topic enough or whatever, right? Like the guests. So I change, you know, I change, you know, I acknowledge changes the tune into whatever it is because um, for us probably, and for you even more, because you've been around even longer in this, right? It's really about all the things that you've experienced and seen. You'll talk, you'll have this wealth of knowledge that you'll share, but not everybody knows everything. So you, mm. there's a lot of assumptions that you have to skip when you're about to interview someone. And the same goes with intention, right? A lot of what to go back to when people are writing reviews or being very, very critical, they are assuming where someone's coming from. They're assuming what their intention was without asking, right? So with my show, I want to give a voice to the people that are creating this and let them say for themselves what they, why was that light bulb there? You know, why was this uh, color here? And then everybody can like it or not like it. I'm not, I'm not there to give my, I can say what I, I, I find it better to say what I enjoy about things than just be complaining about things that I don't like. What are some of the biggest lessons? I mean, you've learned through hosting your shows. We're hearing all about being original, dealing with the distracting comments, finding guests. But what are some of the biggest lessons you learned? I think um, kindness. You know, I try to find myself. I, I, I mean, I am, as a Virgo, I can be very critical, right? As, I, as, as we were mentioning earlier, right? Uh, one of the qualities. Um, and I think... Um, I've become kinder. Um, I, I, can, I consider myself a kind person in general, but I think I've become kinder when I'm talking to people um, and more open, right? So I think um, when I've interviewed people, sometimes I don't agree with their point of view or what they're saying, right? But I remember, you know, it's not about me, right? Because this is an ego thing also, right? It's not about me. I can agree or disagree, but at the end of the day, it's it's your preference or your your experience right so uh, my experience does not negate your experience right mm -hmm. so i think kindness and and i guess more openness um and really for me and it sounds kind of like redundant but knowing there's a person behind these words and there's a person behind this art right um a lot of people think about stuff and and um and they just think about the publisher, you know, mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, this, the publisher, uh, you know, this is so crappy cardstock, you know, mm -hmm. and they're not, they're not thinking at all about the person who created it. They're just thinking about the cardstock or the book has uh, pages that are glued. So I'm going to give it one star review. I mean, like, seriously, I wrote a, a review recently and I was talking to one of the authors because I feel, I feel really bad because there were some decks that came damaged from the publisher, right? Mm -hmm. 
And people kind of don't know that you just have to contact the publisher and they will replace the product for you. It's, it literally says so on the website, right? Most websites, big websites, Llewellyn, Weiser, Red Feather, you know, all of them, right? Um, and they just give a bad review based mm-hmm. on, on that to, a, to an offer. And I say, you know, you have to remember this is their likelihood. This is, you know, I do, that, definitely you don't want a broken product, right? But you just if it has a solution then think about what the deck is about think about what the book is about you know because uh, i think uh, i think it's really that kindness that i and if i don't have anything good to say then i just don't say it you know i just don't say it i just, i don't care i have gotten stuff sent out sometimes that i don't necessarily care a hundred percent for you know and i just don't you know don't mention it I, I like i'll post it i don't i don't mention anything else about it and that's all i need to do i don't need to create any negativity because my opinion is only my opinion that has to be everybody's opinion amen and i think that is really important <laughs> because kindness is everything you know the world is oftentimes very noisy very judgmental and people are often quick to have an attitude about something without really thinking about how this might impact other people. One of the things that you do so well is that you make people feel comfortable and okay with just being themselves. Um, I know when I've been on your show, I feel like I can relax, uh, like I'm going to be treated with respect. You find a way to really shine the spotlight on the authors and the creators in such a beautiful way. And that, that really comes from a good place. Your motives, your agendas, the way you're going about doing this is so incredible. And that's one of the reasons why I needed to get to talk to you about this, because you really do. Uh, I've been on many podcasts and stuff, but you find a way of making people feel like I'm comfortable, I can be myself, and you're going to make me feel good about the work I'm putting out there in the world. So I, I just think what you're doing is amazing. That means a lot coming from you. Uh, people can't see that I'm blushing right now, but <laughs> but definitely, um, I think that's the most important thing for me. It's really knowing that people will feel comfortable with me and and cared cared about, right? Cared mm-hmm. for. Um, I that's that's really why I wanted to do, and and I think that's the key to my success has been that people mm-hmm. feel comfortable, and because I've gotten people that come through word of mouth of somebody that I didn't even think they would say hey check you know check uh Honoreo out and he's doing interviews you know um which you have been a great part of of that success too and i really appreciate you um 100 because i feel like um the amount of people that come to the interviews and watch and and share it you know they also come from pe- people that have interacted with me through you so i'm i'm really appreciative Well, you know, one of the things I think we're doing here when we are interviewing people, whether it's for a podcast, whether it's for Instagram, number one, we're educating people about the work that is out there, about the work that we do. And also we're building community and podcasts and these live streams. All of it is about building a loving, kind, supportive community. And I mean, I remember back in the day, there were not a lot of communities for tarot lovers, astrologers, and now we can find each other online and through things like podcasts or your Instagram lives. It's really bringing people together. It's informing people. People are making friends and they're getting an opportunity to get close to the authors and the deck creators, which that would have never happened 30 years ago. 
Oh my God, tell me about it. Yeah, my first guest, my first guest, um, Lauren Onsa O'Leary, she created the World Spirit Tarot and that was my deck for years. And when I got to talk to her, I was so excited, literally like starstruck, uh, you know, um, in the sense of like, Oh my God, you created this thing that, that I've done so many readings with. I, I, I enjoyed this deck so much, you know, mm -hmm. and I was able to talk to her and, um, she actually sent me some of the, of the original art, art, wow. uh, art from, from the deck. So, you know, those are things that I would have never thought years ago. So definitely what you're saying, it's a hundred percent true. Yeah, those are things that wouldn't have happened years ago. So the internet has really made it possible for all of us to be here and supporting each other and also supporting the authors and the deck creators that we love. So it is always so amazing to be able to do that the way we are and in real time sometimes. And again, you just do it so well. So where can people find you if they want to watch these interviews? Where can they work with you, get a reading with you? Tell me where they can, where's the so they can, rail? <laughs> so, so um, I, I wanted to add something real quick before that. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to say people to have fun. If you're interviewing someone, just have fun also. Um, and, you know, after the interview, make sure you thank the people that were there, uh, your guests, because, you know, they could be doing a hundred things else than getting mm -hmm. interviewed and they chose to spend this time with you. So gratitude will take you very far. Um, so to work with me or to watch my interviews, my old unboxings, etc. It's I'm on Instagram as Onareo. It's, so it's O N A R E O. That's my handle. Um, I also have a second page, which is Visions by Onareo, which was was supposed to be my main page, but somehow I started doing the interviews on Onareo. Um, and then that's how people know me. Thanks mostly to you and Madam Pamita, who also has interviewed me and, you know, I love her. Um, so they can find me there. Um, they can DM me for an, inter uh, for an interview. Well, if they want to interview with me, they can DM me. So to get the details, right. Um, and if they want a reading from me, same thing, they can DM me for, uh, details until my website is up. So, <laughs> Well, thank you. I want to thank, and by the way, thanks for that last little piece of advice too. The advice about having fun and gratitude, super, super important. Those are great nuggets. And of course, I want to thank you for making time with me to talk and to share your wisdom and your process. I think this is going to be something that might really inspire other people and get them thinking critically about how to do a good interview so thank you for sharing your wisdom thank you Teresa, for having me again and you know for everybody that's listening all right people that wraps up this episode of tarot bites and don't forget to get over to onareo's channel watch those interviews they're always so amazing and interesting and he has some really great guests so get over there and remember you can check out lots more tarot goodness on my website thetarolady.com I've got free tarot and astrology lessons, lots of books, hundreds of blog posts, astrological forecasts, and many other good things for you to scope out. Enjoy. I want to thank you again for listening. I hope you have a beautiful day. And by the way, if you're digging the podcast, you know what to do. Get on over to iTunes, leave a kind review, because that helps more tarot curious people find their way to tarot bites. And as always, I like to close up by saying, Pay close attention to your intuition throughout your day. 
and let it guide you into making brave, excellent choices. Remember that you are always in the driver's seat of your life. You are in charge of your decisions, your plans, the action steps that you take or don't take. You're the boss. And if you don't like where your life is headed right now, well, you can change that. Nothing is ever fixed in stone. The tarot cards tell a story, but you write the ending.